Welcome back to the Authorcast. This is your host, Parker Hendricks. As a part of our Earth Week content, we sat down with our Director of Sustainability and Corporate Social Responsibility, Tim Trevzer. We decided to break this conversation into two parts. Today's episode focuses on Tim's career, and then we dive deep into some sustainability and CSR measures that we utilize on our campus. Later in the week, we will be dropping part two of our conversation that discusses how COVID-19 has changed the focus of his department and the outreach his team is doing with some of our community partners during this time. Due to social distancing measures, this was recorded over Zoom, and there are a few spots where the audio lags. Thank you for your patience, and we hope you enjoy this episode. I'm Parker Hendricks. And I'm Kent Kynes. And this is the AuthorCast, a podcast from the Georgia World Congress Center Authority. The number one convention sports and entertainment destination in the world. Welcome back to the AuthorCast. We are honored to be with our co-worker, the Director of Sustainability and CSR for the Georgia World Congress Center Authority, Tim Trevzer. Welcome to the AuthorCast. Thank you, Parker. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have a, a very interesting history and kind of the career art that you've taken uh, to get to where you're at. Yeah, sure. I've um, been with GWCCA for, um, it'll be 10, 10 years in December, which is wild. Um, and really have a background in primarily commercial real estate. Um, got into green buildings from that route. Uh, green building certifications, and then joined um, with the authority in December of 2010. And um, really, it was a brand new created position that I uh, was crafting as I went along. And it um, has evolved pretty significantly over those those years. Um, initially, my focus had primarily been on uh, cost savings, you know, we were still coming out of the recession at the time. So looking at uh, sustainability from a cost saving perspective, everything from energy and water and waste to, um, to also new revenue opportunities and really trying to create a competitive advantage for ourselves against our peers um, by seeking lead certification um, and a number of other uh, initiatives. So uh, my role today now includes corporate social responsibility or CSR, as you alluded. Um, and I've been able to grow a team. We've got about three and a half people at this point, um, half being an intern. And, um, you know, really have had the opportunity to focus heavily on our mission statement as an organization, not the not necessarily the economic side, but the uh, enhancing the quality of life for every Georgian. And that's directly written into our mission statement. And that's really where our focus lies. So I know, you know, 10 years ago when you, when you came to the authority, um, I imagine that a lot of organizations and facilities like ours were probably new to the sustainability game. Can you talk about, you know, some of the changes that you've seen in the industry um, I know you've helped out with, with several facilities kind of get their plan up and running. Uh, just talk about kind of the journey that that's been. Yeah, it's certainly been a, an enjoyable and interesting journey. Um, I, think, I think when I started, I know my position had been crafted off of a position that the Oregon Convention Center had created. So 
there were maybe two or three other folks in a dedicated sustainability position at a convention center. Um, certainly nothing like a convention center park and stadium campus like ours. Um, but it was a new new idea really to incorporate these um, best practices into the convention industry. Today, I, um, I coordinate a call with the convention center sustainability folks from throughout North America. And there are at least two dozen folks that um, are on those calls. So it's it's definitely been eye-opening, I think, for the industry to recognize how important and impactful that um, our industry ha- can have on both the environment and on the communities in which we operate. And today, it's um, you know only continuing to move forward, probably even faster than ever, just considering um, just considering the the knowledge and the awareness that exists throughout our society. Hey, Tim, this is Kent. Um, you alluded to it, but, but tell our listeners, what is LEED certification and why does it matter? Hi, Kent. Um, LEED is an acronym. It stands for Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. Um, it was it's a green building rating system and it was developed by the u.s green building council about close to 20 years ago Um, it was um, really about building new buildings but they've since been able to adapt and have multiple rating systems for many different building types including um, existing buildings which is what GWCC is and was. Um, so it gave us an opportunity to really look at how we're operating the building and the campus in a best uh, possible way and looks at everything from the site itself, where we're located, including how accessible mass transit is, to water and energy efficiency, to um, procurement, what are you buying, what's coming into the building, and how is it leaving? Is it being disposed of uh, as compost, recycled, donated? Um, And then lastly, it focuses on uh, the air quality within the building since 90% of our time as human beings is spent inside buildings. So uh, the air quality has a very big effect on our our livelihood. So LEED is uh, uh, continuing to evolve, and um, initially we, I set out in 2010, 2011 to get the building LEED certified under the existing building rating system because so many of our competitors had uh, built new buildings to standards, which we couldn't do going back since our building was originally built in the 70s, but Um, it really gave us the opportunity to look at how are we operating it. And if you're not operating a building to these standards, even if it was built to lead standards, is it really a green building? Um, In my mind, no. So that's why I think this is even a better approach to take. And um, eventually we were able to get lead silver certified in 2014 uh, and then followed that up with lead gold certification in 2017 Gold is the second highest level you can achieve behind platinum. And um, we're required to recertify at least every five years. So um, come 2022, hopefully we can achieve that next level of certification. Um, you know, I know that that's 
one part of your job, the sustainability part of it, but there's also that CSR side of things that you talked to a little bit. Explain a little bit more about what you do and, and kind of the opportunities that you find for for us and the organization to uh, you know get out and work with other partners. Yeah, we've we've as an organization been doing a lot for um, you know at least the last ten years that I've been with the the organization, but. Um, never really had a comprehensive or strategic approach to how we um, worked with and within the community. Um, and so going back to the development of Mercedes-Benz Stadium and um, the emphasis on the West Side that the Blank Foundation and the City of Atlanta um, placed on the development of the stadium and really trying to reinvest in, in the community helped us to realize that we needed to have some sort of strategic approach to the same, same issues that um, the West side and uh, the blank foundation were dealing with. So, um, so really we've identified some key strategic partners that we work with. um, Some of which are the American red cross, the Atlanta community food bank, the Atlanta mission, um, some of the higher educational uh, programs around the city of Atlanta and tried to recognize what are their biggest needs and how can we impact their needs while they, in turn, impact the community. Um, so our focus areas are really around basic needs, um, arts and education, and shelter, and the environment, and that, that we try to focus our partnerships on those groups that fall within those categories. Hey, Tim, it's Ken again. Well, um, can you tell us a little bit about, we talked about the West side and the Cook Park project is West. It's a big project for the West side of Atlanta and it's not our property, but we're helping out with it because it's adjacent to our property. Can you explain uh, what we're doing there to help out? Yeah, it's um, just West of building C or, um, or our blue parking lot uh, is the development of Cook Park and um that is in response to some of the flooding issues that that community's uh, been involved with in in the past. And so similar to um, the old Fourth Ward Park in Atlanta as well, it's being designed to act as a a water retention park so that in in certain rain instances, you know, those 500-year floods, 100-year floods, um, it'll hold and contain that water and allow it to seep back into the earth at a um, at a longer pace than otherwise. And so it should really be a nice added amenity for the community, but also acts as a as a really good resource for water retention. Um, we are actually working with the city of Atlanta on that project to connect to there is a um, there is a uh, water retention facility under our blue parking lot. So we're already holding a lot of water um, for that same purpose, but they're now connecting to that retention so that that water will also flow into Cook Park. And um, again, you know, it's, it's something that we are recognizing is important, not only for the community, but for the environment at large. And so it's been really exciting to see the development of this project over the last few years, and I, I believe it's still on track to open later this year in 2020. So we're going to, before we shift to 
you know, current events and kind of how things are going on right now. I know that one of the big projects that that you had a huge hand in and got off the ground running um, and something that, that Kent and I have posted about and wrote a, and written about uh, on the podcast and blog and stuff is our honeybees. Uh, and I would love for you to talk a little bit about that, uh, how that partnership came about and what we do with that honey. Sure. Yeah. That partnerships with a company called Bee downtown. Um, they're based in uh, North Carolina, but recently expanded to Atlanta um, and developed primarily partnerships with, corporate campuses in Atlanta as a way for them to, um, you know, incorporate not only an ecological benefit to the city because bees actually thrive in urban environments, um, but also to connect, create a um, connectivity of pollinator species throughout the city to help impact, you know, both the horticulture, but also uh, many of the urban farms that are popping up around the city. Um, so they approached us and we thought it was a great, uh, great company to partner with. Um, this was back in 2018. And um, so we've been working with them since uh, and have three beehives on campus. Each hive has about 60,000 bees in it, they, they estimate. And um, we get to work with the beekeepers who come to the campus, um, not only from an educational standpoint by engaging our employees, but we also get to keep the honey that's actually produced in the beehives. So we, we did our first honey harvest last fall and we captured over a hundred pounds of honey, which we get to keep. And our food services team is now able to incorporate the very local honey that's produced food service uh, uh, offerings. So it's um, really exciting to have that finally done. And that will do it for the first part of our conversation with Tim Trebger. We'll be dropping part two later this week that focuses on COVID-19 resources and how Tim's team is helping in the community. Please subscribe to the Authoricast by going to gwcca.org backslash authorcast and rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. For Kent Kimes, I'm Parker Hendricks, and this has been the Authorcast.